And welcome to the stream, everybody. Welcome back to Sportscaster. Uh, podcasters, if you are listening, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate that, as always. Um, today's episode is going to be a doozy, and I say that because last time I talked to Kyle Martin, I'm be- pretty sure it was four hours. So, um, McBrooklyn at, uh, at McBrooklyn48 on Twitter. You can follow him there. A huge hockey fan and uh, honestly, a cutting-edge follow. <laughs> so, if, uh, if you would like to go follow him, that's where you can find him. Um, and, uh, honestly, I don't want to waste any more time because, uh, Kyle, again, our conversations can go, uh, can go pretty wild, but I want to give you the floor. Um, first of all, thanks for, for doing this. I know you have a little bit of an issue with Twitter recently. I've had my issues too. So the floor is yours, my friend. Yeah. Well, first of all, man, uh, thanks for having me on. It's been a while. Um, but yeah, I just, before we get into talking about the the NHL um, announcement as well as uh, since most, I assume most people that listen to this podcast is uh, Blackhawks fans before we kind of get into the matchups. I just, you know, it's been since we've talked, you know, all the, the virus stuff has happened and, you know, a lot of stuff's been going on. A lot of negative things for a lot of people have been going on. And I don't know, it just seems like this week, I guess it's hit me a little bit more, uh, than usual, the negativity that's going on on Twitter. And, um, <clears throat> you know, like, it's, one of the things I've seen is, uh, I, I don't remember what day it was, but it was the beginning of the week, or maybe it was over the weekend, but people were trying to, quote-unquote, cancel Jimmy Fallon because he was wearing blackface, uh, I believe, as part of a sketch on Saturday Night Live, like, hell, 10, 15 years ago. Mm. Um there's been, uh, for those people that follow wrestling with WWE, uh, JD from New York, who's a really huge uh, podcaster in the YouTube wrestling community, uh, made some not smart comment uh, regarding uh, a certain wrestler with WWE. Uh, I think it was over two years ago that he did that, but maybe they weren't. But either way, Uh, somebody had sent a clip of him saying this to her and then she tweeted it out. And then he was getting, you know, from other male, much larger because JD is a really small guy. I don't, if anybody knows what I'm talking about, they know how small he is. And he's got seven foot, 500 pound wrestlers threatening basically to beat him up on Twitter. He's been receiving death threats. Uh, It went to the point now where his mother and father, I guess somehow they've been docked. They're receiving death threats uh, through phone calls. And it just, you know, with everything now, too, that just happened recently in, in Minnesota, unfortunately, with you know, four morons that apparently uh, had the uh, Minneapolis PD badge. Um, everybody's getting back into the Colin Kaepernick thing and everything. And, and Twitter has just become like this. People are trying to cancel people. People are going after people's jobs and livelihoods. Like JD, he's just a podcaster. He does nothing but YouTube. Uh, it's his main source of income, you know, and people are trying to attack people like that. We're sitting, like, and I think this is my one of the reasons I'm bringing it up. We're sitting in the middle of a pandemic where there's, like, I don't know what the number is now, 40 million people are out of work, and people are struggling, and people are angry that they're you know they can't go out uh, just not having sports sports is a great outlet for people to sit and 
you know, watch things to do. You know, we're just now Illinois is still pretty much on complete lockdown. Um, everybody's just in, in knots kind of with everything that's going on. So, you know, and especially for me, I know most of the stuff that I tweet out is a little bit more edgy. Uh, when I was doing my podcast, the stuff that I would say would be edgier, but I think a lot of you need to understand that part of what you do as a podcaster to be a good one is to say things that are provocative and, and, and try to entertain you, the listener. It may not be, you know, what everybody means. It may not be, you know, we're trying to be funny sometimes and sometimes it doesn't come off that way but we should all try to be nice nicer to each other especially right now so you know when you go on twitter please before you start attacking somebody it's okay to disagree with people i want to say that too it's okay to disagree with people right but but don't get into the personal attacks and then even if it does devolve into that don't start going after the people's jobs and the family and stuff like it's getting to the point now where it's just it needs to stop it's become bullying and you know in fact me and josh had our very first interaction not exactly um (laughs) oh man not not exactly one of the greatest uh interactions on twitter so you know like and and here we are we're doing podcasts together now so you know it, it just shows you you need to like calm it down and then you know keep in mind of what everybody's going through at the moment current you know moment and you know what anyway i want to say too before we work i promise everybody we're we're diving back in into hockey but before i i move on to that i I just have to say that i know it's really really hard to do this okay i know it's hard to keep your mouth shut and move on if you don't like something but i think of it as tv like if you're watching tv which I know that for a lot of people are like, what? what's TV? I watch Netflix. Uh, if you're watching TV and you're flipping through the channels and you stop on a show and you don't like it, what do you usually do? You change the right. channel. And if you're listening to a podcast, if you scroll past a tweet you don't like, if you're on Instagram and you scroll past a picture you don't like, just keep going. There, There's no point. There's no point in saying anything malicious to these people or something that you might not think is malicious, but it comes off as malicious to the person that posted it. Again, to your point, you don't know what these people are going through. This is a very, very harsh time for a lot of people. And I think I think we just got to keep it moving. And, I mean, I'm just hoping, because I've seen a little bit of things on, on Twitter with people, uh, to be completely frank with you, just being complete assholes and I, I think it's it's one of those things where it's just like dude, let it go okay just just let it go um and unfortunately i would love to move to a positive topic but i want to get this out of the way because one you're going to enlighten me on the on the situation and two I, I probably have a little bit to add to the conversation you have a bit of a problem and i don't know that might be an understatement uh with the nhl lottery uh situation being that we're in a pandemic, there's changes. So enlighten everybody on the NHL lottery, uh, what whatever's going on there. Well, if you don't mind, I'd actually like to point out something before we get into the substance of the of the uh, of what Gary Bettman announced. Go for it. So I want to I, I want to look at this as as because I'm gonna again, and one of the reasons why I brought up what I just said about Twitter and hot takes. 
I'm going to shit all over what the NHL did. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to be frank. So a lot of you probably aren't going to like that, and you're going to complain. Well, why doesn't he just enjoy it? You know, they said, well, but I, I'm doing it out of love. I'm doing it because I want things to be better. Yeah. So one of the things I noticed from a marketing, branding, advertisement thing, a visual medium of what they had to do with this. Mm-hmm. If there was one league during this entire crisis that needed to come out and be first and get on TV first, uh, and by get on TV, I mean actually play games, uh, it was the NHL. They stood the most to benefit. It's not the NFL. It's not Major League Baseball. It's not the NBA. Hockey is the fourth most popular sport right now between those big four leagues. They're the ones why everybody's sitting at home could garner the most new eyes on their product and create new fans. So it was very important, in my opinion, that one, they were the first uh, group or league to do this, but also that they get it right. And to me, they didn't get it right. Really? Uh, I, I will. No, I don't think so. And, and here's so here's, and I, I'm sure you'll disagree with me as well. So, well, I mean that's okay. Go ahead. Did, did you well? Did, so did you watch the the? announcement at all or did you just I, read headlines? I, 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 well, I didn't read headlines. I read the stories. I didn't catch any of the NHL okay. lottery. I, again, I, I may have, I, I either scrolled past it or, or just straight up missed it. Um, so that, uh, okay, I'm, well, I'm, you know, hand up. I don't, I don't know, but based on the, uh, based on the meat and potatoes, the, the 2014 playoff, those things I understand. So, um, we'll, we'll, I'll let you, I'll let you go ahead. Okay. Well, so one of the things I will, and you probably disagree with this too, I would sit here and tell you right now that in, the NFL obviously is the number one sports league in terms of popular, popularity mm-hmm. in the United States. And to me, the on-ice product of the NHL is a thousand times better than the on-the-field product of the NFL. It just is. I agree. The NHL has the best, the NHL has the best product of any of the top four sports leagues. Maybe, maybe you could argue baseball, but really I think it's hockey – because it's, it's a faster game. It keeps people's attention. And there's parity. You can watch any game. One of the great things about what was announced is this format that they're, that we'll get into. But it's so exciting because anybody can win because there's so much parity in the league. The difference, though, is that the NFL is a thousand times better than the NHL in terms of marketing, branding, and advertising. And it was on complete display when with the NHL's announcement, this announcement was done with Gary Bettman in his guest bedroom <laughs> with his poodles barking in the background and his grandchildren crying in the background while he's filming himself live on Skype or whatever it is on a with a GoPro that's sitting on a TV dinner tray <laughs> with the camera shaking. That was how this started. And I, I think his doorbell rang at one point. Like, it was just a complete mess. <laughs> now, why they couldn't, and I don't know why nobody thought to do this, why they wouldn't have done it, say, at NBC Sports, which is who covers, you know, carries all the hockey games, yep. all the playoffs. And if NBC threw up a fit and, you know, because of the virus, we can't have people in here, whatever. What about the Hockey Hall of Fame? And if you can't do it there... Don't you have like a, a studio in your headquarters, the NHL headquarters, and I believe New York? Like, isn't I would think that would be something that you would have. Like, 
what better way to like announce this than having Gary Bettman with like the Stanley Cup off to his side or whatever? No. Instead, we got him in his side bedroom. Like, can you imagine Roger Goodell <laughs> sitting in his side bedroom or his guest bedroom with a GoPro sitting on a TV dinner tray, his kids, grandchildren crying in the background, and his dogs barking well, while he's announcing a huge thing? So like, how I, do you I, I compare mean, that, though? How do you compare that, though? I, I don't disagree, but how do you compare that to what the NFL draft was? Well, I mean, I guess, yes, that's true. But, again, you're talking about one guy. So, like, when you – this isn't like the draft where you have 30 – what are 32 teams in the NFL? 32 yep. teams, and you've got however many – players and representatives and coaches that are all involved in that process. Literally all you needed for this was because there was a PowerPoint involved in the video. So you just, you needed somebody in like a production truck to put that up on the screen and just Gary Bettman in a studio, which is basically what they did anyway. Yeah, I'm just saying that they could have done it more professionally than have him do it in his guest bedroom while, you know, parodies going on in the background in his home and i'm not saying that he shouldn't have dogs or that he shouldn't have his grandkids over but when you're doing when you're the commissioner of you know a major sports league you shouldn't be it shouldn't be like me and you zooming in or (laughs) skyping in together it shouldn't look like that or you know you know like and i know with the nfl draft they talked to a bunch of scouts and gms and stuff that were either at their office, at their practice facility, or you know, their own home office, or wherever they were. I think that's a little but bit different, cool. though, because when when we were when we were watching the NFL draft, it was we were in the middle of this thing, like we were in the the heat of this pandemic. And I'm not saying that like it's a hundred times better than it is than it was, but there were so many moving parts in that uh, in that production, the NFL draft, that. I, they did the best that they could with what they had, and I, I think that the NFL draft was amazing, regardless of what anybody thinks. That's my opinion. I, I would watch it the same way. Well, and, you know what I'm saying? But I, I get your point. The, the NHL, the, the NHL should have made this a spectacle. Like they should have went over right. the top, and and they should look. I would rather have people go. Really, the NHL did all that just to tell us that they have a plan in place. Then people go, "Wow, Gary had barbecue sauce on his T-shirt <laughs> when he was making the announcement." Well, so there's another aspect to the NFL draft that I want to comment about the NHL draft lottery. Um, but just kind of, you know, this should have been their huge coming out party because now the NBA is talking about starting in July already, mm-hmm. and they've completely lost their thunder in terms of, like, if you're not just a hockey fan and you're a complete sports fan, now you've got, you know, you got baseball with the whole thing that's going on. you get got the NBA starting to announce that, you know, we're going to do Hub Cities too. We're looking at this specific date. Yep. All this stuff that's starting to come out. You've lost the thunder of for something that just happened a day ago. Like, you're already starting to dwindle. And that was, I think, another mistake. So we can start to get into the substance now. So one of the things that they did, or I thought this was a failure, they didn't announce anything new other than the draft. Everybody already knew this playoff setup. 
this has been leaked. I knew about this in April. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it like, was just, that was just a confirmation. Been, but yeah, I, I get I get your yeah, point. Yeah, like so there was nothing new really, other than the draft lottery, which was a complete bungled disaster. But anyway, so and everybody, I've seen a lot of the commentary online about the announcement and oh, the NHL really did a smart thing not announcing the date, and it's like no. <laughs> that's not smart. Well, they don't have one. All the, well, but see, that's my point. So if you don't have one, if you set it up the way you set it up, which was amateur, and then you're not you're not really announcing anything, why are you even having the announcement? Because, look, to me, if you're going to do this and do it right, take your flag and put it in the ground. Yeah. Put it in the ground and say, this is when we're coming back. And here's why you do that, because now everybody that's sitting at home knows when the date is and the excitement can start to drum up the way they did it. And they just said, all they basically said is, well, training camp might start on July 1st, but we're still not sure, but no earlier than July 1st. Oh, well, okay. So we're still over a month away from guys even getting on the ice. Do you think... Do you and, think that it has a lot like, to do though with like cuz I mean there regardless of of what you think about the about about the virus there there's a ton of uncertainty from from the doctors and from these experts about the virus and when when sports can actually resume um, but do you think that it would have been beneficial for Gary Bettman to go hey listen this is our plan this is what we're doing and what if oh, he could have he could be BSing here but what if he said our plan is to come back July 1st. That's our plan. That's when we're going to be, if, if we're permitted to do so, we're coming back July 1st. Do you think that would have been more beneficial than going, ah, well, wh- yeah. whenever we can come back, yeah. we'll be there? Yes, without question. That's why one of this was a failure because there's no excitement now. We don't know. Like, you still got beat writers on Twitter going, well, it's still not really official. <laughs> they're just saying, they're just saying, we want to come back when they're I, as painstakingly as it hurts me to say this, they're right. Look, everyone's going, Oh, well, it's smart for the NHL to do this because, well, you know, it's a fluid situation with the virus and you don't know what's going to happen. And blah, 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 blah. Well, right. Yes. But what's wrong with you? you can change the date. Yeah. But at least like, even like if you just assuming you stuck with the dates that they picked, that you're going to have training camp start on July 1st, and then you're going to have, I think they want to have three to four weeks of training camp, which means the playoffs aren't even going to fucking start until August. So, you know, and, and I mean, hell, we're like in the, you know, a new, new season basically at this yeah. point is normally training camp starts in September for most teams. So, you know, you start playing in August. What's wrong with going August 6th? is the first game back. And then if something happens and there's spikes or whatever and you can't do it, fine. Okay, cool. You can change it. People understand. People aren't stupid. People know what's going on. That If something happens, it's like when you start playing, like what's the difference if you start, if you play one game and then 10 people get sick and you got to can the whole thing? Because you will. Like if a whole team gets taken out, you're done. Yeah. Like, you can't play. So 
why not just go balls to the wall and just tell people what when you're going to do it? Like this, what's the old saying? Either shit or get off, get the, off pot. the pot. Yep. Like, yeah, do it. Like, tell people when you're coming back. Get that excitement going. And here's the other thing that kind of threw me for a loop, and it threw, I think, everybody else for a loop, that was kind of like, what? So they haven't announced where they're going to play the hub games or the hub cities for mm-hmm. the games to be played, but they announced the cities they're looking at. What's the first fucking city they announced? Chicago. <laughs> Chicago is the third worst city for the virus in the United <laughs> States. That's, gonna, that's, the, that's the city you lead off with, with the hub city? Like, are you serious? And then they put, like, Los Angeles? Like, what? So it's a hot spot. Like, <laughs> it's a two of the top hot spots. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're just hitting all the hot spots. Like the only the only major market that I don't think they said was New York because you know people would have even more so than Chicago or LA been like, well, you guys aren't taking this seriously. I mean, Jesus Christ, you're considering New York. Yeah. And instead of just going like, you know, Columbus, Vegas. No, let's face it, the Canadian. It's not going to be. Neither of these hub cities will be in Canada. It's just not going to happen with the border and the governments and politics. They're going to be two cities in the U.S. So whether it's Vegas, Dallas, or somewhere in Florida, you know, a Republican state basically, because those are the states that have the smallest numbers. You know, California, New York, and Illinois, the three big states all have huge spiking numbers. So, you know, so you had that weirdness in there. It's like, yeah, we're considering Chicago. What? Like that's your lead in, the first city you say that you're considering. So to me that they they should have just not put that list out there. To me that was stupid. Like just say you haven't, you know, considered a city or whatever, whatnot. Yeah. And then the other thing, so what I'm hearing is the only thing that's decided, and this is again, they had nothing to announce. The only thing that's decided is the play-in round. So the eight teams who are now in the quote postseason, but not the playoffs. The five through the, the the five through thirteen the or five something? through twelve or twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are the only. That's the only thing that's set. So Gary said that. Um, the four, the top four seeds that have buys in each conference are going to play each other. I don't know how many times, but they'll play each other, and then they're going to reseed those four teams for the top four spots. Well, apparently, there's a risk going on because, like I said, they don't have any idea how the actual playoffs are going to go wait, yet. Wait, I don't, and, I don't want to cut you. Off. I thought there was no, I thought there was no reseeding. Because Eddie Olchek was they don't on, know. okay. Because Eddie Olchek was on ESPN 1000 talking to uh, Cap and Company a couple days ago, and he said, like he was joking, but he was like, "Yeah, there's no reseeding. Get your brackets ready." So I, no, I mean, they, they don't know. That's one of the huge things. So according to like Brian Burke and a lot of the Elliot Friedman, a lot of the guys. So yeah. this is why I'm saying this announcement was a complete disaster because. <laughs> the, all they know, so they announced for sure that the Stanley Cup and the conference final rounds will have, they will be best of seven series. But the league wants the quarterfinals and the semifinals, so the first two rounds of the normal playoffs, 
to also be best of five, like the best of five uh, play-in round. Mm-hmm. The, pl- the Players Association does not want that. They want those two rounds to be best of seven. So the rumor going around is the players, the league wants the bracket. The players want reseeding. So the rumor going around is, is that what's going to happen is there will be reseeding at least. And when I say reseeding, th- there's two different reseeds. So there's the, there's the top four seeds that play each other, which will determine what seed they are right. in the first playoff round. Okay. But then they, but, but then they would be bracketed. I what got you. The okay. players, what the players want is that one, the, the all at every actual playoff round that would normally be a playoff round will be a best of seven series. And that after the play in round is finished, the and everybody will be reseeded. So, for example, if the Blackhawks were to beat Edmonton and then Montreal were to beat, I don't know who Montreal is playing, but there's the Hawks and Montreal are the two lowest seeds. So, if those two seeds were to win, they would go and play the number whoever the number one seed is off that play or the exhibition games that the full, top four is teams play by and they already like there's so many different rules so the playing round with the 5 through 12 are playing playoff rules so the overtimes they're 20 minute overtimes no shootouts and then the four by teams that are playing for seeding those are going by exhibition or season game rules where you have a shoot a five minute shootout and then twenty or a twenty minute, you have a, shoot, a five round shootout or a three round shootout. I don't That's think I don't think whatever. I have a I don't think I have a problem with that though. I don't have a problem with that either. I'm just saying everything's a mess, and that they don't even know what it, what the rules are going to be because they haven't ironed it out with the players' association for the actual playoffs yet. So. Just taking the Blackhawks, for example, in the bracket that was uh, put out, if they had beat Edmonton, they would play Dallas the first round. That We don't know that anymore because, one, those four teams are going to be playing for seeding. But whoever that would be in that seed, I think Dallas was the fourth seed. So whoever would be the fourth seed, we don't even know anymore. The Hawks would not be playing them because if they reseed, the Hawks would pay, play whoever the first seed is because they're the lowest uh, seed from the Western Conference, so they would play the number one team. So the brackets would be completely gone. Right. And that, that seems to be what the Players Association is pushing for. They don't want brackets. They want after every round, basically, for people that don't know, everybody's reseeded. So if the top team gets knocked out, whoever's second is now the top team. If the bottom team gets knocked out, whoever's the second to the bottom is the new bottom. That's how it would work for playoff matches. It's the old one versus eight formula. And then that's how it would progress versus the divisional brackets that we've had. So to me, that's a disaster. I agree with the players. I think, Every playoff round after this wild card play-in round 
should be best of seven. You have to protect the integrity of the playoffs, in my opinion. Um, I, I, but I, but I, weirdly, I agree with the NHL wanting the four teams at the bye to actually have to play for seeding, because from an NHL perspective, if you're going to have those four teams play, which obviously they are, so they're in game shape. Do you just want like nobody's going to watch? I mean, maybe they will, but. Wouldn't it be a lot more fun if there was something on the line, like yeah. seating? Yeah, and I think going to make those games a lot more entertaining. Yeah, I think that's probably so, why. I think that's probably why they're thinking that way. Like one plays four, and then if whoever wins that keep gets the one seed, and then two play. You know, like I, I, right. I think that that I, I think that from that perspective, like the game's got to matter for people to watch it, regardless of of how right. how short this playoff is, or or however you want to look at it, but. Like, we can get into into that when we dissect the 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 actual format. Um, but like, what about this lottery? I, I'm still I'm curious okay, now because so the lottery is an absolute shit show. I don't know who, <laughs> I don't know who in their right mind thought it was a good idea. But if you look at pretty much anybody on Twitter or the, the podcast or the commenting, everyone's like, this draft is insane. And I've seen some Hawks fans being like, well, I'd rather lose the first, you know, this playing round and get a, get a draft, uh, a higher draft pick. What you don't, there's no point. See, this is what's happened now with this draft. The Hawks are better off winning the first round matchup or the playing round against Edmonton than they would be to lose. Because if they lose, here's what happens. The seven teams who are not in the playoffs maintain their draft lottery odds. And this is why I said it was a good point that you brought up the NFL draft. Because the NHL is getting – they saw the ratings that the NFL draft got. And they're like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if instead of having one draft lottery, if we had <clears throat> two? So here's basically what's going to happen. There's about a 25% chance that all that three of those seven teams will get the first three lottery picks. 25%. So it's almost a guarantee or that you have a 75% chance that one of the other eight teams that's in the play play in round is going to win the lot or win one of those picks. So let's say the Blackhawks win the first overall pick. Because the draft, the draft lottery is happening before the play-in round. The lottery, I believe, is tentatively set for June 26th. So let's say the Blackhawks win the draft lottery. But here's the, but this, that's the thing: they don't win the draft lottery. So if the Blackhawks in the on the first night of the draft get the first overall selection, so Alexi Lafreniere most likely, they don't actually get that pick. What happens is now we have to have a second draft night. And what happens is, is the eight teams, or I guess, yeah, the four of the teams that are in the eight-team the, uh, eight play-in round, who, those four teams that were to lose would then have a second draft night to play, or be, uh, I guess, another draft lottery for that first overall pick. 
That's what happens. So like, think about this. And this is, this is what's even more fucked about it. Instead of just having it be like normal odds, and let's say, again, using Chicago, let's say Chicago beats Edmonton. Well, Edmonton doesn't go into the draft lottery because they were the fifth best team in the West. So obviously they're not going into the draft lottery. They're just gone. Chicago won, though. So they don't, I mean, if we're going to be fair, Chicago really shouldn't be in the draft lottery because they just won a playoff round. They're in the playoffs. So Chicago, for example, being the lowest team in the uh, West that, that get advances, they would be, what, the 16th overall pick? So Chicago would go from the ninth pick, which is where I believe they are now, to the 16th pick. To me, that's fair. That makes sense. Because now Chicago's in the playoffs. They have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. You're not really cheating them out of anything. On the flip side, what, a- what actually are the rules now is that if Chicago beats Edmonton, Edmonton is now in the draft lottery. So not only does it, if, if one of the teams in the play-in round win the first overall pick, and they don't get it because we have to have a second night of the draft to play for that pick or some, you know, whoever the teams are that lose the play in round. So you could conceivably have the Oilers, the, the Edmonton Oilers, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Pittsburgh Penguins, all in the draft lottery for the number one overall pick. Because if it, it, it's not the team's, who would have been in the draft lottery. It's the teams that lose that first round play-in round. So the okay. Toronto Maple Leafs, let's, so again, if, you, if we say the Blackhawks win that first overall pick on de- night one of the lottery, now we're having a new lottery on night two at a later date once we know who the teams are that lose in the play-in round for that number one overall pick. So now you could have Edmonton in the race for Alexi Lafreniere. I mean, think about that. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, <laughs> and Alexi Lafreniere. You could have Pittsburgh with Sidney Crosby, Denny Malkin, Jake Getzel, and Alexi Lafreniere. <laughs> and do we even need to talk? Do we even need to talk about fucking Toronto? Oh man, Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Mitch Marner, Casperi Kapanen, and Andre Add to the wagon and Alexi Lafreniere. Just add like, to the wagon. To me, it is. Yeah, to me, it is absolutely bonkers <laughs> that a top ten team in the league can get the first overall pick in the draft. <laughs> that to me is just like, excuse me, what? Yeah. Well, so, it, it, is can I? Is, like, is it safe to say league. though? Is it safe to say though that like the NHL draft lottery rules are confusing as it is? And now you're adding yeah, more confusion. And actually, there's art like, and this like, so I'm, I meant to bring this up. There's, and I'm probably one of these conspiracy theorists. There's already enough there for a conspiracy that the draft is rigged. Like the Edmonton Oilers getting four first round picks in five years, or like last year. Is it? it is it? kind of strange that the second and uh, third television markets in the United States are the first, the number one market in New York 
and the number three market in Chicago end up two and three in the draft because they were really bad. Like, and then you obviously New Jersey, which is basically also in the number one, you know, uh, TV market because it's literally just across the Hudson. Yeah. So like, I don't think that's ever happened where the three teams that got into the draft lottery all moved up for those top three picks. So there's already been like, you know, is this getting weird? People were already talking about the Hawks and Lost on Air this year. Well, you know, the last time the Blackhawks had the third overall pick, the year right after that, they got the first overall pick. And it was just another Taves and Kane with Doc and Lofgren here. Like, is that what's going to happen here yeah. type thing? And, like, there's just so much controversy already surrounding the draft. And you've already got the season that, you know, teams make trades with draft picks based off of the finished standing which now we're not finishing the, the season. So what, you know, the team's got to renegotiate those trades because they were based on, you know, so-and-so gets them to the playoffs or, you know, so-and-so Taylor Hall re-signs with Phoenix or Phoenix gets to the playoffs or the draft picks are protected. So if you're in the draft lottery, it's a protected pick. If you're not, you know, like all this stuff that was done, has just made this even more confusing. And to me, I think the reason they're doing it this way, I guess maybe I didn't make it clear, they saw the ratings that the NFL draft got, and they're like, hey, wouldn't it be really cool if we could, like, double that? Like, why just have one night? We could have two. Yeah. Talk about, you know, let's make up some of our lost ad revenue. And so now for money, you're, you're screwing over the draft. And that's what's even more infuriating. This draft is probably the best draft in the last decade. Like, and Lafreniere is probably the best prospect since Connor McDavid. So not only do you have that, but now you have these rules that can basically take a top 10 team in the league. Honestly, if we're talking talent on paper, Toronto is a top five team in the league. And they could end up with the most touted prospect since McDavid. Like, are you serious? Like, I just think this up? Like, I just think that um, if the NHL wanted to, and this isn't just talking about this year, this is talking about every year, they would they would make a, a valiant effort to make these NHL draft rules as plain as can be. Because I, I just you think, think so. I just think that that like what people can watch the NFL draft because it's like okay these are the teams that are drafting and then like the only time it changes is if somebody makes a trade and oh by the way this is a whole another another conversation but oh by the way I've seen that guy from Clemson before I've seen that guy from Notre Dame before and and whatever school but dude you what unless you're a hockey fan. You're not watching the NHL draft and recognizing any of these players. Well, and you know what part of that is? One one thing is Canadian juniors. It's they do play them in North America or in the U.S., but they're on like you know huge sports. You have to have a huge sports package yeah. to watch them. And then you know, other than the Big Ten Network or FS1, you really don't see D1 college hockey either. So. That's a problem. But again, and this was kind of to my point about how bungled this announcement was, if there was one league 
that needed this to be first, to be out there, to make a big statement, it was the NHL. And they completely bungled it because nobody knows when they're coming back. Nobody knows what the rules in the playoffs are, aside from the play-in round. These draft lottery rules are just ridiculous. Like, imagine somebody from the NFL or NBA who doesn't watch hockey. He's like, well, I'm going to read up in this and look into it. And then they start seeing, like, the seventh-best record in the NHL now if they lose because they had a bad week and lost three out of five games. <laughs> they, now, they now have a shot at a generational number one pick or yeah. talent. Like, it's just ridiculous. So, so what do you think, though? Like the lo- what what do you think though about um like when you consider the NHL draft and like I, I just I don't know, I, I just think that like when, when you say the the NHL was they're just dying for this attention and they kinda dropped the ball. I mean, you never know. They could come out with something tomorrow. Well another and, reason and, that they're dying for it, their television deal is up this season. Yeah, well, I, I want to make this point, so this though. this is affecting that. I, I want to make this point, though. When you talk to the average sports fan um, about what what sport needs the most improvement, you're going to have a conversation between the NHL and the MLB. And here's the difference about the two, in my opinion. The NHL... The NHL... There's not there's not much the NHL can do aside from what they're already doing. I I don't really I don't really know a better way to put that, but the MLB is doing it to themselves. So the NHL to your point, like they're willing to uh to adjust, right? They're they're willing to to make things happen in order to make a marketing effort to try and get people to watch their sport. And the MLB is like, "Eh, we have our cult and we're just going to stick to it. We want to keep our old generation and the young generation is going to the NBA anyway. So I'm not even going to worry about it. But like this NHL draft, again, as you said, is an opportunity for people to go, Hey, I saw making up a name. Mark Jones got drafted. He's a defenseman from Duluth and you should see the moves on this guy. Like there, these should be plastered all over the place, all over the place. Well, I think before you do that, though, like, and that's my point about everyone is literally, everyone is sitting at home and starts for sports. So I don't mean to make this into a race thing, but most black people don't watch hockey, right? So what better way to get, like, can you imagine the amount of money that hockey would, the new revenue they would have if they could penetrate the black American market? Like, it would be huge. So what better way to get, I don't know, a sports-starred black individual who loves football, loves basketball, neither of which are on, than to have hockey on? And that just doesn't go for black people either. It goes for everybody. But especially into the market and the demographic, like young people, that you're just not in. Like, that was the – when we grew up, and hockey in Illinois was dead. Yeah. Nobody, like, and now, like, if you look over, like, the last decade since the Hawks have been relevant, the amount of USA hockey participation in Illinois is through the roof. And because I live in the Quad Cities, Iowa has seen, because for those of you who don't know, Iowa's right on the border. 
and, and it's part of the town. And they've seen participation go through the roof because of everybody that has loved the Hawks. Indiana's probably the same way. Northwest Indiana, I, I don't, I have experience with their high school hockey there because I was trying to get it to merge, but whatever. But their numbers are through the roof. Like everyone in kind of that tri state area of Iowa, Illinois, and Indiana has seen numbers go up. Well, because you had a good team, which is another point I want to get to in a minute. But just on what this would have meant and should have meant to the, to the league and the sport is to get people to watch. That's another reason they should have taken their flag, put it in the ground, and said, we are coming back this day. Get excited. Get ready. Whoever's in the marketing department with NBC, let's start getting some – Stanley Cup playoff commercials going. Let's start going because people are hungry for sports, and we have this grand opportunity to turn a negative into a positive and get new fans out of this. I know Instead, this sounds. I, I know this sounds kind of like kind of like duh. Like I don't. I don't want to make this sound like really dumb. But and I again, I could be saying something that already happened because I I did not watch the Gary Bettman announcement. But they they should have come. And if they did this, then fine. But they should have constructed like a bunch of Stanley cup championship or playoff or uh, Stanley cup playoff hype videos, like just mash a bunch yeah, of, that's what I'm saying. yeah, like mash a bunch of, a bunch of highlights together and, and throw it in there, throw some crazy music behind it and, and put it on TV. Like, listen, regardless of what you think about hockey, regardless if you like it or not, I, I had a, um, I had an African American roommate in college he was a baseball player. He liked soccer and, and things like that. Like he would play FIFA. He was like, "Oh, you like hockey?" And it was like a, it was a, it was a joke. He's like, "Yeah, white people love hockey." And I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, I don't know, whatever." I was, I started showing him highlights, and he was like, "Dude, these these guys are crazy." Like the the, I showed him a specific move. I showed him the Datsuk when Pavel Datsuk did it against. Um, Oh man, I'm miss I'm I'm blanking on the goalie. But when when Pavel Datsuk did his move the first time, I showed him that, and he's like, "I'm hooked." When's the next Hawks game? Like, it's 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 that simple. Just throw the the craziest things on social media on TV and let everybody soak it in. Well, they didn't even get. So this is another problem. Like I said, they weren't even on NBC. The only channel, as far as I'm aware, that covered this announcement was the NHL network and then Sportsnet in Canada. And by the way, the NHL network, not everyone has it. Right. It's a, it's a premium like sports channel thing. Yeah. So, and, and there's never anything on that network anyway. So most people, you know, that are unplugged from either social media or the game of hockey in general, aren't going to see this. I'm not saying they should be on ESPN. Most people don't even watch ESPN anymore because it's went down the hill the last 10 years after they laid off all their good, you know, sportscasters and stuff. But not to get into that, but like you don't even have a national audience in America. Like this, this, uh, I just can't believe how they did this. Now I, I, I want to stop being negative for a minute. So one <laughs> of the things that I want to say, which I think is genius about this, which ever, and now after everybody was, dis- everyone's still going to disagree with me. 
because I'm sure everyone's, you know, it's like, why is this guy ranting and raving about this? At least they made an announcement, blah, blah, blah. Well, now I'm going to say something that I like, which I think they should continue to do, which most people are probably going to be like, again, this guy's a moron. Anyway, I think this wild card playing round is genius, and I think it should be a staple for the playoffs from here on out every single year. Because I don't know about you, but when I saw that the Hawks were going to play the Oilers, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> McDavid and Dreisaitl against Kane and Taze, the you know, uh, Gretzky's team versus the Hawks. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Sign me up Yeah, in, in a playoff series. And it's, that's the other thing that hockey's had against it. They've had these stupid rules. Like, their playoff format has been really dumb. You look at the 10 years that the Hawks had the playoff dominance. Who did they play? Minnesota, St. Louis, uh, Nashville. How many times did we see those three goddamn teams? We never, Even Dallas is in the division. We never saw Dallas. We never saw Colorado. Granted, they were garbage at that time. But, you know, we never saw anybody. And we lost the Vancouver series, that rivalry that was built. Like, there are no – one of the things that plagues hockey right now, there are no rivalries anymore. Yeah. The Hawks and Red Wings are not a rivalry anymore. The Hawks do not have a rivalry with St. Louis or Minnesota. People can pretend there's one, but there isn't because Minnesota sucks now. The Hawks aren't exactly good, but the Hawks beat the shit out of them every time they played in the playoffs. Same thing with the Hawks and St. Louis except for the one playoff series. And I guess maybe there's a slight one between Nashville and Chicago, but I would argue that's more of just the fans and stuff, which then gets into the other stuff that we'll talk about later about in-game experience. But, you know, there are no rivalries. I mean, maybe Boston and Toronto, I guess, is one right now, and then Vegas and San Jose. And why? Because of playoff series and stuff that happens in the playoffs. The Hawks don't see any of those teams anymore to create a rivalry with those good teams because of the way the schedule's laid out, because of, you know, all the things that they've done over the last, since 2010, so a decade, that's completely changed everything. So they need rivalries. So I think this would be a great way of intensity and stuff to play into the playoffs. Now, everyone's going to say, Oh, well, now the regular season means nothing because now 24 teams make the playoffs. Yeah, well, keep in mind Seattle's coming into the league again in a year, and that's another reason why this would have been a huge thing for them because, I mean, what team is adding an expansion franchise and has added two of them in the last five years? Question. The NHL. Question. Yes. I don't know if this is ready or not, but... What if they did a host? What if what if one of the host cities was Seattle? What if uh, they? What if what if they were like, "Hey, Seattle, we want to give you a taste of what hockey's like in your city. We're gonna do it." Well, I don't know if the arena's ready. Well, yet. that yeah, that's that's, that's what I'm thinking. That's what, like I, I don't know that. I'm just you know that's just a, a spitball idea. But can you imagine I how mean, electric that would be? It would be possible. If there, if there wasn't such a shit show with politically, Quebec City would be a huge place to have it. Yeah. I mean, because they've been talking about Quebec City forever, and I do think Quebec will eventually get a team back. 
but you know, it's not going to, especially now with the down economic downturn, it's not going to happen for a while, but, uh, or Houston, why not Houston? Houston, the NHL desperately wants to get into Houston. Houston is over is by, I believe 2050 will overtake Chicago as the number three television market in the United States. Mm-hmm. It is stunning to me that the NHL is not in Houston yet. And the owner of the Rockets wants hockey there. He's, the arena's there, the Toyota Center. You got somebody that wants a team who's a billionaire, I assume, any, anyway. Usually you are if you own a major sports team. Like, what better way to gauge interest than that? I mean, they had the Houston Arrows forever in the AHL. I don't know if, you know, what happened there, if the team had just moved or whatever. It's been a while since I followed the AHL. But, you know, like, there's so many things that they could do. I know uh, uh, Connecticut, I think, like Hartford was trying to get the NHL to play games in Hartford in Connecticut. Yeah. Like, why not? For nostalgia? But I don't know. I think the reason Hartford and then Seattle might be out is because it sounds like they want all of the teams to have their own hotel. Yeah, that's a big part of it, yeah. Yeah, which would make Vegas the perfect spot, at least in one of the hub cities, because there's so many damn hotels. And then maybe that's why they said Chicago, but still, I... I, Look, there's... The state of Illinois is going to be on lockdown pretty much the whole summer from everything I've seen in the legal world. So I don't see how that's going to happen. And I'm pretty sure the governor said sports can't resume here until there's a vaccine. Uh, fat Hitler, as they call him. So uh, what do, wait, what does California do? Like, so, so California can't, they, their governor has said, and I'm, for everybody watching, I'm sorry. I, I this is gonna seem political, but I'm I'm asking more so for a sports opinion. I'm pretty sure the California or the, the Los Angeles uh, governor, mayor, social how much I know about politics, said that there will be no sports in LA until 2021. Like there's there's nothing. There's no events in in LA for in 2020. I'm not I, I'm not sure on that. I know that they've shut down the California education system until 2021. So they're going to be all the colleges and campuses are closed. Universities are closed through 2020. Um, I don't know. I know Disney World in Florida announced that they're going to start opening up in July. So. You know, does Disneyland out in Anaheim or LA, wherever it is out there, is that going to start opening up too? I doubt it. I well, think let's think about this though. Let's think about this though. San Jose not in the playoffs. LA not in the playoffs. Anaheim not in the playoffs. So I think we're good. <laughs> I think we're yeah, fine. You don't need to have anything out there. Yeah, I, I, dude. I don't know. Well, and that's interesting too for the NHL. All the Canadian markets except for Ottawa are in the playoffs. When's the last time that happened? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good that's point. That's what I'm saying. This, like, and with Chicago in, everyone's got the conspiracy theories. Oh, well, the NHL just wants the TV you know, revenue from being in Chicago. And I think the Rangers are in it uh, on the Eastern Conference side. So everyone's, you know, all these huge markets, they got to have those that TV revenue. 
Well, yeah, well, okay, but I can't we just enjoy? I mean, there are some really good playoff matchups in this round robin and play in, wild card, whatever you want to call it, thing. And I think that's why I'm saying I think this would be a really cool idea to turn a a negative into a positive to continue to do in upcoming seasons. Because, again, you're adding another team. So there's going to be, instead of seven teams, eight teams out of the playoffs. So virtually a third of the teams are still out of the playoffs. And you just have this wild card round. I mean, it's basically the same thing baseball did, right? So now you have the two wild card teams play the, before the real playoffs start. Why couldn't hockey do something? So like I that? think and I think like the 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 I'm on two sides of the of the fence here for for those sports like the Major League Baseball. I didn't want them to uh, to change the format, and I just. I, I wanted them to keep it the way it was. I have my, my opinions. I've said it on multiple streams and podcasts. But the NHL, to me, is different. Like, like the NHL, I feel like when, when the Stanley Cup playoffs are over, I want more. Like, I, I, want, I want another playoff round. And I think that's why a lot of hockey fans are like, absolutely, 24 teams in the well, playoffs is awesome. Part of that is, I think, Again, I don't know if there's anybody here that doesn't watch hockey. You've probably checked out at this point if you aren't a hockey fan. But truthfully, if you're still with us and you're you're like a hockey fan, or you're not a not a hockey fan, there I'm telling you, as someone who watches all of the sports, there is nothing like playoff hockey. No sport comes close to it. Maybe baseball, maybe, but it's very very rare. So, like, I would say the Cleveland Indians, Chicago Cubs of recent memory, that game seven, that happens, like, on a round-by-round basis (laughs) at least once in the the NHL playoffs. And, you know, that's why I think one of the things that sucked about last year's playoffs is the first round was so good and all of the top seeds were eliminated, which, again – goes back to parody that I was talking about earlier. But that first round was so good. You had so many overtimes. Like, everyone was just exhausted. And then, you know, you had subpar teams, let's say, that, you know, weren't huge markets or whatever that were still playing, other than, I guess, maybe Boston. But, you know, like, you had kind of lost all of the huge teams, especially by the end of the second round. I think it was – the Islanders and Hurricanes, the Bruins, and then somebody else were like the last four teams in the East. And then there was a St. Louis, and I don't even remember. Well, I think the you can. I think St. some Louis people can won. make that argument. Some people can make the argument of like, if you're if you're an avid hockey fan, you're like, well, it's Islanders, Hurricanes, like it's different. I want to watch that. But then there's a, there's going to be other people that are like, no, I want to see the Bruins and Penguins in the playoffs. I want to see the Flyers in the playoffs. So I think that that see, that part yeah, is just personal preference. But I, I got to be honest, like, when if you see the Islanders beat the Penguins in the first round, and then the the hurricanes let's ju- the hurricanes beat the leafs and it's it's islanders uh hurricanes in the second round if you're if you're like a, a, a kind of a casual hockey fan you're like really like hurricanes islanders really but if you've been paying attention you understand that the islanders have really picked it up they're a hell of a team now 
and the Hurricanes are let's call it, let X Y Z. So like the the teams really improve in the playoffs, and that's why they win these series. So like I, I don't care. It's it's like a it's a cliche saying, but like anything can happen in the playoffs, and I feel like it's more of the case in the NHL than any other sport. Well, and I think part of that reason again is the parity. That's that's why I think the NHL, and again, this is getting off topic, but the NHL could actually afford in the next fifteen years to expand to a forty-team league, and you'd have twenty teams per conference. And I, that, to me, is what, and I think we're going that way because obviously Houston's coming. I don't know when, but the, it that's I would put money on that Houston will be the next expansion franchise for the NHL and it's coming sooner rather than later. Quebec City's obviously on the radar. Portland's been talked about. Kansas City's been talked about. That's the thing with the NHL. There is so many non-traditional like other sports markets. Like the NHL has like 10 green bays. Like it's not like the huge markets in America like Kansas City they're not in Indianapolis. They're not in, they're not in Portland. They're not in Houston. Um, they're not in Atlanta, which I still think they can make work, even though what many people disagree with me, but there's just so many major markets that they're not in just in the U S there's so much room for expansion and there's so much talent now across Europe and Russia over here. If we could get Mexico playing, it would be fantastic. But, I don't think they will, at least not in my lifetime. <laughs> but, you know, there's there's so many, so much talent now that you can expand and you can create new rivalries. Like, imagine if Atlanta was around right now and they could play Nashville. What rivalry that would be. Yeah. Or, and, and why, do, why isn't Tampa Bay and Florida, a.k.a. Miami, why isn't that a rivalry? Like, again, with the rival, like, and I don't want to get into this again because it's for another podcast, but this goes to my point about an earlier thing that we were talking about where people are taking the fun out of the game. And and part of that fun, and this goes across all sports, is like the physicality of it and the hits and the fighting in hockey, which is what separates hockey from all the other sports. And that we've dumbed it down so much. There's no physicality in it. There's no big hits. There's no rivalry anymore. Yeah. Like, do you remember what it was? Edmonton and Calgary were playing in the the Battle of Alberta, like at December and January this year, and it went nuts. Like they had line brawls. It's <laughs> all anybody was talking about. Like, oh my god, we got to watch anybody in the hockey community at least. It's like, oh my god, we got to watch this game because we don't know what the hell is going to happen. They're going to beat the hell out of each other. Like yeah. they hate each other. That doesn't exist anymore. Like the NHL doesn't have Cubs Cardinals, Sox Cardinals, Yankees Red Sox, Dodgers Giants. That doesn't exist. I mean, they used to have it, right, with Detroit and Chicago, but I laugh at when I see on Twitter, everybody's talking about, you know, the 2013 Cup or uh, semifinal with Detroit because everyone's been talking about, well, what was the greatest? series for the Hawks run and by the way I don't think the Hawks run is over yet kids but whatever anyway assuming that it is what's the best series to me it's not that one to me without question the best 
series that they ever played, which really was the Stanley, it should have been for the Stanley Cup, was them and Anaheim in 2015. That series was hard-nosed. It was ridiculous. Well, how long did that one overtime go? Was it? It was like the longest game in Chicago Blackhawks history. It was like three overtimes. Yeah, it was three overtimes. Was three- but I, I know, I, I know you're not the only for for anyone watching and and tuning in. I, before your knee jerk reaction goes, "Wow, really, Anaheim?" I've seen a lot of people say that, and. Well, if a lot of if you saying that was the second, if if series. you yeah. if you go back and watch those highlights from that series, it's going to be hard pressed to disagree with that, because I remember I remember going in into that, that series. series. I remember going into that oh. series and going, "Oh my God, we have to play Anaheim. We're not ready for Anaheim. Anaheim's going to kill us." won that series with three defensemen. Yes! <laughs> so for yeah. anybody, and maybe this is a good segue into the actual, like, what we think with the Hawks or what they're going to do with them. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm telling you right now, the Hawks were, in that series, they had, there was, Keith, Keith was playing like 35 minutes a game. Yeah. Uh, and then there was Jarmelson and Seabrook. And Seabrook had already kind of started declining at that point. So, Oduya was gone. I mean, Timo Timonen was like the fourth defenseman. <laughs> it was awful. It, uh, well, who was the other? Uh, was Runblad on that team? Uh, I can't remember. I think he so was. Long, I don't remember. Augustus, that was Gustafson's first year called up, too. Before he, you know, that the year after that's when he had the infamous turnover and Quenville sent him to Rockford for eternity. <laughs> but um, there was somebody else that was a defenseman who was like a journeyman defenseman. Was it uh, Kamiski? Kyle Kamiski? I don't remember. But so- somebody was on that blue line who should have been on an NHL roster, let alone in the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> but and Timonen shouldn't have been there either. But the, like, I, I will never forget that series and Duncan Keith literally taught like an Iron Man lifting that. That series is what, I mean, I guess you could maybe say the series against Tampa Bay as well. But for me, that series with Duncan Keith, he literally took the team and put them on his shoulders. That's where he won the Conn Smythe Trophy was in that series. With all the overtimes, I mean, what were there, like three Four games out of the seven went to overtime. I think so, yeah. And plus, the the Hawks were down three games to two. Like they were down pretty much that whole series. And it, it, like it, I don't know. And then the last game, right when they just absolutely blew them out, where it was like <laughs> six to two or whatever. That to me, and that's a good. So that's a good segue. I'm going to go on record right here, and I think the Blackhawks beat the Oilers in four games. Okay. Duncan I, Keith, I, Patrick Kane, and Jonathan Taves are hungry to get off the schneid. They're tired of people telling telling them that they're done and they're going to beat the Oilers. Plus, if you look at the games that they've actually played, the Hawks have pretty much beat the shit out of them during the regular season. Granted, uh, some of the guys were injured for the Oilers, and then uh, Yamamoto came out 
late in the year and or at least the after January, I think, and really took off. But, yeah. you know, for the most part, I know that the Hawks won two out of three, and I believe the one they lost, I think they were winning three to one in that game at one point. And they yeah, lost. I, that was one of those games. That was that was one of the Blewett games. Yeah, they, they blew it, right. The, yeah. the wheels just came off. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, so, I don't know, and, but and I brought this up to you earlier, I think on Twitter. It wasn't a DM either, so you guys can find it. But I can't believe they traded Robin Leonard because we haven't talked on a podcast since I was on record on the last time that we talked saying they weren't going to trade Robin Leonard. And then I don't like Robin Leonard didn't even know he was traded. Like yeah. he was tweeting, like hey, like he was tweeting, and then five minutes later they traded him. I don't. I don't know what happened. But it was like I guess they got the extension on the deadline or whatever. But and then what they got for him? Like oh my god! But I bet you. I think I said Rocky Wirtz is, you know, looking to with Hellfire and Brimstone looking for Stan Bowman and Coleman's under death somewhere <laughs> yeah. hiding. So but I don't. I don't really. My my question. Yeah. My question going into this playoff, and I, again bad job on my part to not do do this research so maybe you know we're looking at probably in august mid-july just just an estimate of when this playoff could start the yeah, black it's gonna the, be mid-july at the earliest the the blackhawks lost seabrook they lost calvin dehan they lost andrew shaw is there any is there any chance that those guys are ready well, Dahan is healthy, and can they play though? Uh, That's another like like is the NHL going to allow them to play? Because like, is, what are the stipulations on? Well, I, it's the playoffs, but you know, it's starting way later, which allows teams to have healthier play. Like, is that a thing, or are they going to go? Yeah, I mean, whoever you can bring up or, or or put on your roster is good. Oh yeah, because so from my understanding, now that because the AHL is canceled, but. Obviously, I don't think it's really relevant anyway if I'm not going to play till August. But um, from my understanding, they're going to have teams are going to be able to have like 30 players on a playoff roster. Mm-hmm. And and normally in the playoffs, you do get an expanded roster. But there, because if someone, the league has said that if someone gets sick, they're not automatically going to close the league down. It's just that that player has to go into quarantine for two weeks. So, I mean, obviously, like, if half a team just goes down, that changes things. But assuming it's just a couple guys that might get sick, if you have, uh, you know, pretty much anybody that's in the AHL is eligible to play. And as far as I'm aware... I've seen one conflicting report that says Ian Mitchell is not eligible to play, but I'm pretty sure that's wrong because everything that I've seen says he is, even though that he didn't play in the playoff or the regular season Mm -hmm. because uh, McCarr did not play in the season last year either. They came straight from college to play uh, with the abs. So whether they – play him or not is another story um in my opinion i would play him i mean what do you have to lose you're on the house's money anyway 
I mean, granted, like I said, I think the Hawks are better off winning based on how the draft lottery is now set up. They're better off beating the Oilers and advancing in the playoffs than they are losing and then, you know, maybe not getting a decent draft pick. Yeah. But um, DeHaan is healthy, so that's the other thing with Mitchell. Uh, Cuckoo obviously is around. They had Bodan. I don't. I can't see Bodan playing over Mitchell though, and I probably don't see Carlson playing over Mitchell. And we don't even need to talk about Sealer. Uh, so, <laughs> I, 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 somebody said Sealer the other day. I'm like, who? Oh, yeah. Oh, Nick Sealer, the guy that got off of waivers for Minnesota. <laughs> Yeah, what I don't mind him, man. I'm not. I'm sorry. I, I know you. You're going to disagree with me on that, and I don't mind Nick Sealer. I think he played well with the opportunity that he got. But this is what I want to. I, the, I, the, I just. I don't. I don't have anything against him. I just. Just here's again, and not to get into the whole what the Blackhawks need to draft and where they're weak. You already had Dennis Gilbert, who's the same thing as Nick Sealer. So all you did when you picked Sealer up was crowd your defense even more than it already is. Like, the fact that I just listed, like, six guys that are all <laughs> fighting for the last spot on, yeah. the, on the top six defensemen to play, like, I, I, you know, is it Cuckoo that gets the last spot? Is it Mitchell? I, I don't know. That's something Colleton will have to decide. Oh, um, that's unfortunate. Um, the... The, the the thing that really gets me, and, and maybe it's because I'm a homer, but when you have this revitalized feel to hockey, and regardless of when they come back, it's like, it's like okay, Chicago Blackhawks, you weren't supposed to make the playoffs. There was a ton of doubt. It was just like, get the season over with, get rid of this coach, and, and we got we to gotta decide on what the hell we're going to do. And then this plan comes out, and you're like, 24 teams, oh my God, the Hawks are in the playoffs. In my opinion, well, it's interesting. In in my opinion, this is a shot. This is a rejuvenation shot. Like, like the Blackhawks have just as much of a chance as anybody else now. And you look at that roster, and you're like, "There's a, there's some veterans on that team that know how to win in the playoffs." So anything is possible. Well, that's why I think they'll beat uh, Edmonton. One of the reasons is the experience, and because, like I said, Kane, Taze, and Keith all have chips on their shoulders. But, um, oh, real quick to just clear up as to who else that's been injured that might come back. So Andrew Shaw hasn't played since November. Yeah. And from everything that's been reported, he's not going to play. So. Not going to play like ever? It sounds like he's done. Like he's done, done. He just tweeted so, today that he missed hockey. What's that? He just tweeted today that he missed hockey. Well, I don't know, because all the writers seem to be indicating that he's, one, he's not going to play in this series. And I would have to think that if you haven't played hockey in a year, you're probably done. Like, he literally hasn't played since November. So we're, you know, if we don't start playing until August, that's almost a year. And he looks fine because I don't know if you watched any of the like EA Sports, NHL 20 or whatever mm-hmm, they yeah. were doing with the Hawks. 
but he was I'm pretty sure he was in on that, wasn't he? I and think he so, was yeah. Playing with Kajula and Debrinkit and I don't know who else. I don't know if Strom was in that or not. But anyway, like he's been doing that and he was fine as far as I could tell. So I don't know if he's like done done, but if he is, I, I gotta imagine that they're, the Hawks are going to want him to terminate his contract like Buckland did. Yeah, he's got like two year, he, two or three years left on his contract. Yeah, well, that was a, that was probably the worst trade that Bowman made, but <clears throat> uh, last offseason anyway. But um, yeah, Seabrook is coming back. It, I, he's not going to be ready for the playoffs, and I don't think they're going to play him anyway. They'll just give him the time off. But Seabrook is going to be whenever the next the twenty twenty one season starts. Seabrook's going to be playing, mm-hmm. so you know, we don't have to. Everybody that's like, oh, the Hawks will just put him on LTIR or they'll buy him out, or they're not. He's playing, so we can just just stop with your nonsense. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with Shaw because if he can't play, you can't. Like that's four million dollars is a lot of money in hockey. Yes. So for for people who yeah. don't for people who don't know the scale, four million dollars is a lot of money. Uh, there there are players that make upwards of nine, ten, eleven, eleven million, but four million dollars for a player like Andrew Shaw's is, is is a lot of money. Right, and then so moving on from him is it, it's uh, Smith is questionable as to whether or not he could come back. Um, he had a back injury. Kajula is supposed to be healthy and ready to go. And dude, I do. I love that guy. I I was watching him play to drink it in that final match that they did on the video game thing. And he is so funny. Like, <laughs> I really hope they bring him back because he's a good player too. He's a great. He's one of the best bottom six players in the league, and he can fill in on that top six. In case somebody gets injured. So, but, do you so think that this? Be... Do you think that this, like that, that this time off, and it, it's an unconventional time off, which I, I want to make that clear because there, there's some people that I have seen that are like, well, you know, all of these players are used to having this a certain amount of time off, but the difference is, is in any of these sports, when the season ends, you take maybe a week, two weeks off, and then you're off season training, but. Uh, now we're looking at these guys haven't done who knows what they've done they there were teams telling players not not to get on rollerblades because it's different it messes up your skating technique and who knows so who knows what what kind of training that they've done and now you're gonna you're gonna tell them hey we're gonna give you x amount of time in training camp to get to get back at it i'm concerned for players like and i know you how you feel about them but stick with me here i'm concerned about players like Corey crawford because it's like I, I understand that he still wants to play, but what about his body? Like, what is this off season? What is this time off done to his body when he can't work on it? What what happens then? Does he come back to training camp and go, "Oh boy, I got to work out the kinks," and those kinks stick around, and it's like my hip has been, my hip flexor is this, my knee is this. It's just I, my body's not used to getting back into it, and I don't know. I'm I'm well, legitimately concerned for because for many teams. Well, for Crawford, that's going to be interesting because one, he's a free agent, 
So that'll be interesting to see how that's going. But uh, to me, that's the big, this is why I brought up Leonard. The Hawks, in my opinion, the Hawks cannot go into this series with Malcolm Subban as their second. No, no. So, like, if you're going to, like, now it's either got to be Delia or Lincoln. One of those two guys has got to be the backup. I mean, for Christ's sakes, you had Subban for two weeks, and he played for, like, 60 seconds. If you call that plane, he basically stood there for 60 seconds. Yeah. Well, Crawford took a shit or something. <laughs> anyway, um, so there's that. But if Crawford, if something does happen to Crawford, they're fucked. I agree. Unless Delia or Lincoln, and unless Delia or Lincoln, and just comes in like if Lincoln plays like he did in the World Cup last year, well. That's a different story, but if it, it, and if the well, if they stick it out with Subban, which I just I can't imagine they're going to do, but if they did, I, they're in trouble. But I think I, I think way, to your to, to to for a reference point, those who don't know who who Lankinen is, those who don't understand kind of the 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 perspective that Kyle's taking here, a goalie is going to have to take an Andres Vasilevsky approach to to this sort of playoff like really come out of nowhere and just take off um i don't know i don't know their potential in that i don't know delia's potential or, or lankinen's potential in that so i i would agree well, i think it, they favor delia at the moment agreed. i think like i think lankinen's the better goalie or should be the better goalie between the two so that'll be interesting to see how that goes I know. I think I'm pretty sure they just resigned Lincoln and, uh, during this time off. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that transpires. But uh, to your point about getting healthy and stuff, they are going to have two months from what they basically said. So the uh, starting like June third, I think it is, is when they I. I don't know what the hell it is with like everybody with this virus and everything's a phase now. Like, like we're in the MCU Marvel verse and everything's a phase where we have phase two. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and they're going to have, um, light skating and activities at like the Hawks practice facilities and all in the small groups and everything like that. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if you saw this either, which I pointed out to somebody, I think I don't think it was a DM. It was on my timeline, so you can find it with the article that I quoted. But <clears throat> they're not allowing coaches on the ice with players. What? It's the most. Yeah, yeah. Why? So when, I don't know, but they're not allowed to be on the ice with the players. Uh, well, and could it be because they, could it be because see, my my knee jerk thought here is like, what if Jeremy Colladin was on the ice with Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, and Duncan Keith? They leave the ice. Jeremy Colladin was in contact with them, and then out comes Zach Smith, um, Corey Crawford, and Kirby Doc. Like now, it, it's I I think they're basing that off of uh, trying to create yeah, less contact with people. But you're being you're micromanaging. I mean, look. So according to the CDC, and I've been saying this, look, I think this is this whole thing 
like, I don't want to get political, but I think this whole thing has been so blown out of proportion. I mean, I think the death rate is point, it's three-tenths of one percent. And the CDC just came out like two weeks ago and said this virus is not on, does not spread through surfaces. It's through like spit and, you know, air or whatever that you're breathing or, you know, whatever. It doesn't stick to surfaces. So all this scrubbing down and all of this curbside stuff that we've been doing, all of it's been for basically nothing. But if, if, you, if you're to believe the CDC, at least. So I don't really think that's an issue. I think, hell, put a, put a cage or a face mask on Colleton or whoever's out there, the goalie coach or whoever. Like, how are you going to run a practice without the fucking coach on the ice? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, you just can't do that. Like, it's just – it's dumb. And my point was, like, all of these players are going to be in one location at a hotel or wherever – they're going to be transported to the arenas and the practice facilities. And I assume at the arenas and practice facilities, they're going to take their temperatures and make sure all the stuff's washed and do, you know, all this ancillary, most of it's probably not important stuff that they're doing to be extra precautionary. And to me, it's like, just you're either going to get it or you're not. Like at a certain point, you got to just let it go. Like you, you, you can't do this if you're not going to let them practice. They got to be able to practice and get on the ice. Duncan Keith looks like an animal, by the way. I don't know if you follow his Twitter, <laughs> but this, like he posted that one. I mean, he looks like he just walked out of a sauna. Like it's a shirtless picture, mm-hmm. and he just got off like a treadmill. Like he literally looks like he just got out of a, a swimming pool or shower or something. It's ridiculous. Anyway, so I'm not worried about Duncan Keith, but Crawford. I mean, hell, Crawford could be doing drugs and drinking and God knows what else. I have my fears in Crawford, but anyway, um, I, I would just be concerned with the micromanaging is going to start affecting the players and the play, and because if you can't practice. Like, Colleton's not exactly an experienced coach, so I don't know. I just have a feeling that if he can't be on the ice with the players and talk to them, especially when, you know, a lot of players and rumors at least have been that his systems are not easy to learn, his style is not easy to learn. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. Especially, like, what are you going to do with Ian Mitchell? If Ian Mitchell's going to play, he doesn't know the system. Yeah, you got to have a coach just, out there. I mean, no matter who you have out there, you have yeah. to have a coach. You have to. Right. Well, and what's the difference? So if the coach talks to them before they go out on the – what's the difference? At least if he's out on the ice, he can be socially distant. <laughs> like, he, hell, he could be at the other end of the ice yelling like uh, Kurt Russell. And <laughs> send, yeah. Send him again, yeah. Jimmy. <laughs> Who do you play for? Yeah. Um yeah. I I I I, I think uh this is going to be one of those things for multiple sports and and I want to wrap things up here because we've uh if we go longer than we are now we're going to end up talking about Jeremy Colladin and I want to save that for another episode. Um but 
I think that there is, regardless of what your beliefs are with this with this virus, there are so many uncertainties that go along with bringing sports back, and there's going to be kinks along the way. There's going to be things that the that the leagues need to react to quickly and and adjust to, and honestly, I I think you just to to partial to your point, I think you just got to come back and do it, and and you have to be reactionary here. There's no there's no way that you're going to be able to plan for absolutely everything. And it's never going to be perfect, especially now with with what the the world is dealing with and sports world is dealing with. You just got to come back and and be reactionary. So we'll see. Um, we'll see how everything unfolds. We'll see if there's another. Well, what do you uh, think? Go ahead. What's your opinion on the uh, on the matchup with Edmonton? Do you think they'll do okay with it? I lo- I love it. First of all, regardless of if the Blackhawks win or lose that game, I love that matchup that series I love the matchup I think those teams match up extremely well I I love and when I tell you I enjoy watching a set of players there is no two players aside from Taves and Kane that I like watching more than Connor McDavid and and Dreisaitl there you when coming from hot I you can't beat it in my opinion they're they're so electric and a specific game that I want to cite they both had like four points in Nashville, and it was just like a Tuesday, like it was just a random game, and they took over. They're they're unbelievable. Anyone who doesn't watch hockey needs to needs to look up Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid because they are one of the best duos in hockey. So I'll answer your question here. I don't know. It's it's so hard to predict, right? Because you can't even go off of the regular season. Because there's been so much time off, players are going to come back and have to adjust. So it could go anyway, but I, See, I, think, I think they're fine. The Blackhawks. Yeah, I think they're fine. Like I think I, I could see them winning. Could I see them losing? I mean, yeah, Edmonton's Edmonton's a great team, but I again, like you said, I, I think that this time off benefits teams like the Blackhawks. I I think this. I don't think I think the Blackhawks with this format are the number one team that's benefited because you've got the experience and Kane, Keith and oh Jesus, Keith, Kane and Taves. You've got up and coming young players that needed that playoff experience. This is going to be Connor Murphy's first time in the postseason. Yeah. This is like his sixth or seventh season. Alex Debrinkit needs it. Strom needs it. Doc's his first season is going to get a taste of it. And that's the other thing. So I think, Doc and Nylander are going to be two players to watch because, in theory, if they've been working out and haven't just been sitting at home, both of those players should be improved, which is going to help Chicago. Doc and Nylander, Doc in particular, because of his body frame, should be much stronger on the puck. He should have much better skills. His skating should be improved. Nylander, maybe not as much as Doc, but he should still be improved. Hopefully, Kubalik doesn't disappear either. Yeah. But I, I, I think when you mix that young talent in with the big two, because really, other than McDavid, I mean, I guess, well, no, because they traded. Uh, or wait, is Neil in Edmonton now? I James Neal? Yeah. 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 yeah, because they traded Lucic for Neil. Yeah. Yep. So yep. 
I guess he might be somewhat dangerous, but really it's just the two big boys in McDavid and Dreisaitl. The Hawks have a much more balanced scoring attack, and defensively and goaltending, they're pretty even. Yeah, I mean, I guess you'd have to give the edge to the Hawks and goaltending because of Crawford. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so I think the matchup, even though, you know, the Hawks are the lowest seeded team, I think they match up really, really well with Edmonton. And if I were going to place bet, which I don't do, but if I was going to, I'd, I'd be really tempted to put money on Chicago in that series. Because if there was going to be an upset, that to me looks like one that's there for the making yeah. uh, out of all the series. So well, we'll see what happens hey, we'll, with we'll uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with the NHL how that unfolds over hey, the next couple I months. I predicted here. they were going to be in the playoffs. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a cop out. You that's uh, I mean yeah. I, I'll give it to you I guess, but we'll see what happens with the NHL how it unfolds and how the Blackhawks do when anything breaks. You know, uh, Kyle Martin will be on the podcast on the stream. Always great to talk hockey. Obviously, this this went it, it, probably triple the uh, the length of my normal streams because there's so many things that we can that we can talk about. And uh, Kyle will will definitely be talking to you um, as this entire process unfolds. So for everybody that tuned in, I appreciate it. If you're listening to the podcast, I appreciate you. Hit that follow and subscribe button. And uh, on here on Sportscaster, hit that follow button. I appreciate it. On Twitter, at JoshBUSN. Follow Kyle at McBrooklyn48. And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow on Twitter Live.